And since you did that, <laughs> um, got a couple of things to lead off with there because that wasn't really <laughs> where I was thinking we should do a screenshot up, but that, that's okay. It was still nice. I like the wrist shield and the dark saber back in uh, there, maybe the rightful hands, but you know, we'll say, well, sorry, guys. I don't know. No, what, what a way to, what, what a way to open the show here, guys. Uh, Welcome to Carbonite Bounty BS with, you know, still city there with the big, but a super, super thumbnail, man. That was a good one. Uh, I think I, I appreciate that as well. It was like the perfect good. shot. So. See, I, I really thought this was an easy one. <laughs> like, this is an easy week. I was like, I need to get her. We need to get the dark saber and her together in the shot. So whatever, everybody. Yeah, be, but I, I, don't, I don't put a lot of time into that. <laughs> I put a little bit of time into it. Not Just, a lot at all. The, mo the money shot. Works, works. Uh, yeah, guys. Welcome to this week's episode. How's everyone doing? Pretty good. good. Yeah, pretty pretty good. good, yeah. You know, another another big week, uh, another uh, I guess we'll call it two for two episode. So uh, looks like we uh, we got the train, so to speak, rolling for both shows. Before we even get into that, let's let our guy DP let you guys know where to find us at nerdcyclopedia.com. People, make sure that you go into your favorite website. Then your favorite, uh, we have our social media platforms on there that you can hit up: Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and also TikTok. All right. Um, if you are listening to us on um, your phone or you know just podcast and everything we are on iHeartRadio, tune in spotify apple podcast google play stitcher wherever you listen to your favorite podcast we are there so we thank you for that um if you're watching us on youtube of course thank you hit that subscribe button and also hit that notification button so anytime that we're on you know that we're on if you're watching us on facebook make sure that you are joining us at the carbon atbound and bs star wars group where we get all your favorite memes and all your favorite you know conversation regarding anything star wars all right um, leave us some feedback to nurse at nursecopedia.com. We love getting all your feedback and you know, you telling us what you think. That's no, good, short, sweet, straight to the point, man. Short, sweet, straight to the point. But yeah, guys, um, you know, as we lean into this, I mean, you know, I kind of gave a minor initial reaction, which is you know, another week there's we're two for two. So, I mean, there are so many things to talk about. I mean. Mine obviously will be Mandalorian heavy because that's my bias, but I will say that Bad Batch was a great episode as well. But um, yeah, guys, uh, we'll let I love it. We got we'll it. Leave us, we'll leave us for we'll leave us for Ken. We'll let Ken start it off because yeah, he was very excited. About I, was, I was totally geeked. Both these episodes were great. So the opening five minutes of Mandalorian pulled together Phantom Menace and A New Hope into hmm. this story like like perfectly so we had bone to eve um and we had r5d4 like just just uh, feloni just does a great job of pulling all these rather staggered storylines in into one now like when i were coming together uh really like this episode because now we're starting to see a little more of um din's like challenge like how why he why is he trying to get back why is he trying to get back to the creed and it occurred to me like he's the only he's the only true mandalorian left because everybody else is sort of like yeah whatever it it's it's all dead we've been we you know our planet's been destroyed um everyone's dispersed about the galaxy kind of running amok he's the only one that's actually trying to follow the creed i mean he's trying to do it by the letter even the armorer in episode one was like, 
yeah, okay, whatever. You go and do this, uh, we'll take you back, but <laughs> it's no big thing. He's the only one that's trying to follow this, follow this by to the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and and he and he seems to be getting into a little bit of trouble here and there. Um, I have a couple questions that I don't know if I want to bring them up now in the in the uh, just the, the first you know the first thoughts or maybe later, but I have some like questions about Bo-Katan. Like what 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 the heck's up with this girl? Like again, we find her sitting on the throne doing nothing, like chilling, and all of a sudden she becomes a a character and into the story, and like. What did they do? Did they try and like, did, did we need like, did, is she trying to challenge Din? Is she trying to like be out best him? Because not only did she have the clairvoyant ability to sense a, one of these owl mites in the ceiling, Din just walked into the trap. I mean, he's like, and so did Grogu, missed, missed the mark completely. He's looking at the helmet and all of a sudden he's attacked by a nightmarish spider creature no no sixth sense no mandalorian like know your way around the galaxy whereas bo is like with it like she saw that creature in the ceiling and shot it out so maybe we can talk about that later great elements in this uh in this episode that i liked and i i i, I like the ending too because it, it was a real cliffhanger it wasn't like last week where it was like super soft on the cliffhanger aspect this one was real strong this episode flowed real good. I like to see R5-D4 again connecting my Star Wars universe with this Star Wars universe. And nice to see uh, Pele back. She's always she's always fun for a couple minutes in the scene. And she's a big Grogu supporter. So for all you baby Yoda fans out there, know that I think there's some there's some good things coming for Yoda. Uh, baby Yoda. And I do want to, I do want to add something. It's a PSA. My wife does like his ears. <laughs> they're very, um, they're very um, uh, uh, characteristic. So when he's flying and he's having a good time, they're flapping in the wind. When he's concerned, they go down. When he's alert, they go up. He's a, he's a very inquisitive and inspired character in this episode too. I think we're seeing a little more of him sort of develop. Um, not too much on the communication side. I don't know what the hell he's saying, uh, but uh, he's becoming more of a character in the story. And I do have to keep reminding myself that Din and him are bonded at the soul. So he's going. He's going to start to become more uh, viable moving forward. Uh, we saw him at the end crush one of these Alamites. I'm assuming he killed it because he didn't want to leave it for Din to have to deal with, right? Din and Bogotan. So I'm assuming he's using the force, but he's sort of using it with liberty because force users shouldn't be just destroying things for the sake of destroying things. But he did. But great episode and there's a lot of stuff that we can talk about. What about you, Sil City? Yeah, man. I mean, <clears throat> Mandalorian this week was really awesome. I, I, anytime we get to see Grogu actually do something to prove that he has like a will and can do stuff, I always like that. I'm glad that Grogu's not a Mary Sue and was like terrified of all the stuff that was going on and didn't really 
uh, want to proceed. I enjoy the characterization of Bo-Katan uh, a lot. I really like that line she has where, when she said, what, you thought your dad was the only Mandalorian? Mm. Uh, I, I thought that was awesome. Uh, and, and she was being pretty cool when that was going on. Um, why did Din sink like a rock? <laughs> why was she so unbuoyant? The, I, the stairs. The stairs broke away. <laughs> there was that fourth step, and there wasn't, and he dropped like a rock because of the Bastar armor. I mean, I mean, Bo-Katan is like, you know, also wearing exactly the same stuff and shooting herself downward with a rocket and still I like, couldn't catch up until the bottom. So I thought, you know, that was weird. I had a lot of questions about the physics there, but hey, it's, it's Star Wars. Ken, uh, do you do you have any theories of Star Wars gravity, perhaps that you'd like to, to share with us that would unify your theory of time? It doesn't exist here. <laughs> All we're talking about is shock aspect because we didn't expect it. <laughs> Even the third watch, I didn't expect it. So there are some video games where like um i think castlevania on nes is one of them where like if you jump you float down real gradually but if you walk off a ledge you just go like real fast (laughs) so that definitely made me think of that as well but this was a great episode we got to see a a lightsaber fight a lightsaber (coughs) being wielded against uh uh, ken you had you had it right a nightmare spider monster uh from hell just showed up out of nowhere and being a sci-fi terror and uh, messing up with everyone. I, I, I enjoyed that, you know, I enjoyed that the fact that that little whatever, like parasite gave itself a huge, like a, a, an Android body, with, like two arms and two legs and stuff like yeah. that. Why would it do that? Mm-hmm. Uh, why would it build like its own little body to go inside of the bigger body? It was, I don't know. That, that just, it was just a really neat little one-off. Uh, I thought that was really cool. Boon to Eve, you know, my my relationship with Phantom Menace isn't so great, so I'm I'm cool with not not talking about people getting all chundered on uh, Boon to Eve on Tatooine. I like when the action moves away from there, but this was a good episode and it, and it, it kept my interest. A lot of really neat action sequences, the live action premiere and, and debut of Mandalore. How about that? Yeah, buddy. Got to see it the whole thing from soup to nuts, from back to front from top to bottom, all the way down to the old cleansing waters in the mine. So I really enjoyed this episode a lot. Yeah, this episode was, it was great. It was good. Um, it, it felt like a movie. It felt like a, like a Raiders of the Lost Ark Tomb Raider type thing, you know, um, felt, you know, type of vibe that they, you know, we had our heroes going on an adventure, like, you know, through the tombs and stuff. You know, we had like a rescue from Grogu, you know, that was, that was decent, you know, going back to, um, get Bo-Katan and everything, and um, and and um, then trusted him to do that. I thought that was just pretty great. Um, yeah, I don't know if if there's any other rooms or whatever on where um, um, Bo-Katan is, but for her to just just perch on that that throne, you know, the whole time, I'm I'm like, okay, yeah, you, you know, I, working I, from I, home, working from home, baby, yeah, working from <laughs> home. Okay, right. yeah, she um she she she. She needs to move around a little bit and everything. Finally, um, Grogu got her off her butt, you know, to go <laughs> to go help out Din and everything. So I like her reactions to Grogu, and I'm I'm glad we had like a sort of a little relationship bonding that you know the two Grogu and her had. So I'm always um I'm always good for like other characters that we know and care about and everything interacting with each other on in elements that we don't normally see them do. You know, Grogu and you know Bo-Katan. So I thought that was pretty. Um, the episode looked great. It was shot great. 
um you know the 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 Mandalorian you know he 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 was in his in his in his bag and stuff and um yeah you sort of like question what what um he's his dedication to the creed and you know redemption and everything you know that's um I, I think with with him specifically he has to have some sort of purpose you know in order to keep moving and everything he wants to ask for a purpose and um I guess it's sort of like dove dovetails a little bit into like you know the 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 bad batch and everything you know a character having a sense of purpose um when other characters don't really you know carry that same weight you know we see with crosshair you know we'll get into like you know bad batch and everything too but we see with crosshair and everything his slow change and everything when he's slowly realizing that the stuff that he cares about um is not the same um you know it's his dedication to orders and everything it's not the same as what um you know empire the imperial you know lieutenant and all that stuff you know they don't really care about him so um so this sort of like gives like a little parallel between like the two episodes so i'm 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 all for it yeah guys i mean like like you said i mean you guys all made valid points and and why not just delve right into it right as far as you know you know our thoughts on the episode um I guess I'll start it out with the only, and I will. I guess I won't say negative, but I mean, I, a couple of you hit it on the head, so I'd rather just start there. Um, the Grogu thing, I, I was really interested in the, I guess, say, character maturation of him very quickly. I know we did the parallel between him and, and Omega and how uh, almost very, um, you know, like uh, infinite his character was as far as his mannerisms. I, I thought that with this episode, he really took a big leap forward. Um, not really sure how I feel about the whole uh, Professor X kind of chair thing. and, and <laughs> But I mean, I, I do like the fact that he is now, you know, it, it seems like I don't want to say he's at a teenage, but I just like them to kick forward with this development. He's actually been mobile. He's given a task. He's able to do things. He's not maybe in finish as far as how he acts in his mannerism. So I do like that he's starting to get a little character development. We saw him flip around and move kind of like a little agile. So I did like how they're starting to push him a little forward. I just hope they keep that same kind of um, character development with him. And he doesn't really go back to being like this little baby character, right? That everybody finds him. As I said, this baby Grogu or, you know, really baby Yoda, right? So I really like the, the short character development we got out of that off the bat. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah. As long as he's as long as he's part of the story, you know, he's not just sitting there sort of, right. you know, observing as long as he's interacting. So we saw him do that. He tried to save Din. He he, did, he almost did. I'm not sure what happened. I'm not sure why he couldn't. Could he not control that lock? Could he not like manipulate that lock correctly or what? You know, he 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 did. It clanked. And that's when the nightmare spider droid well, centipede nightmare spider well, well i think like, that, that that was really good because like um hitch was saying you know mary sue and stuff you know um Grogu isn't all powerful isn't all um you know he can you know he enters into a scene and you know he uses his force abilities and everything is just okay so this showed like you know the flaw and stuff so he couldn't he couldn't control it so right. that was a great character development for him that showed where he needed a little bit of training. Mm -hmm. And we know Luke worked with him. And Luke, even primitively, 
was able to activate switches, you know, and work doors and do simple, let's say simple tricks, but mm -hmm. Grogu still doesn't have that, but he can, he can attack and kill, which is interesting too. So that shows that maybe there's a little bit of dark, dark side in there a little bit, you know, that that's kind of, that's a little bit maybe stronger. It's a little easier. It's a little easier to be bad than it is to be good. Well, was it in self-defense though? I mean, in, in, in Grogu's defense, I mean, you know, he was about to be attacked. Are you referring to that? Like that, that, um, that character? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and he, he could have gotten away. He has his little floaty, you know, his little sphere yeah. thing. He could have gotten away and maneuvered around the thing. No, he chose to attack. And so we give no points to these guys for being the aggressors. None. Zero. They get no points. Zero. All the points are to the baby. Power level zero. Power level zero. I I the dark side, you know. Yeah, because because these guys, these these enormous cavemen who are, you know, that's what they are for the most part. They got night eyes too. Yeah, they're they look messed up. They're coming after Grogu. And, you know, I like this episode because it felt like a Western and Mandalorian feels like a Western. Like this, you could almost feel like Rooster Cogburn getting shot and be like, ah, go get help. Or like a Lassie episode where Timmy's yeah. top, chopped down by the well or something like that. Right. And uh, it, it just had those those qualities that made you feel like this had was like an epic Western where mm -hmm. some kid had to go get like, you could feel that plot. Like that's that feels like a plot to a movie you've seen, yeah. even though I don't I'm making it up. Right. Uh, and those are the best Mandalorian episodes where, you know, uh, there's a revelation about something in the larger Star Wars universe, right? So Mandalore, they could rebuild this planet. It's not poison. It's just infested with morons and nightmare spiders. <laughs> as far as we know, there's millions of them everywhere. And they're That's hiding true. under Mandalorian helmets. And so they're maybe, maybe Mandalore really is really is cursed but it's cursed on these it's not cursed by the empire it's not cursed by a nuclear winner nope. it's cursed with hideous sci-fi nightmare spiders nightmare from top spider. to bottom i mean Covered. what what a horrible thing this was this was like my worst fear like this that this would be attacking pittsburgh and <laughs> what are, what are you going to do there's there's hundreds and thousands of them what are you going to do you can't do anything and they grab everybody and cage them underneath their belly and then someone in what what was he what was he trying to do and bomb him wow. i don't know that that's another really good question what the heck was he doing to him was he trying to was he like doing a dracula thing or and and why why would a droid why would a machine want plasma explain that but we're never going to get it because bo katan came in and killed everybody because mm -hmm. she woke up and got her fault it's her fault that's who we should hate that's whose fault it is. It's Bogotan's fault for showing up and killing that sci-fi nightmare spider <laughs> twice. Twice. And and I'll give you a hint. You guys should watch this show in closed caption because the only way I knew that she actually killed the droid was because it said powering down. Anytime a droid is destroyed, the closed caption says powering down. And that's it. It did it for IG-11. And it did it for the nightmare spider droid. It's the only way I knew she won. Otherwise, it just keep getting back up. 
Well, that's, that's interesting to, to hear. I mean, I, I was hoping he was dead and we didn't get a round three, but uh, Mm-mm. Nah, Mm-mm. out. He's out. Yeah. I'm glad we got like a um, sort of like Bo-Katan centric type, you know, episode. Um, yeah. That was a very interesting pivot for the Mandalorian, you know, per se. Um, and then, like I said, you know, to, 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 to harp back on the, the relationship between her and um, Grogu, her revealing some things and asking, you know, some questions. I, I like the question, what she was asked about. So uh, how well can you do the force or whatever? Something to that effect that she, he was saying. I mean, um, I used to be friends with Jedis or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, very well, well, very good friends and worked well with them, she said. Yep. Mm-hmm. So she's going back into stuff that we already know. You know, when we watch like, you know, Rebels and, um, you know, Clone Wars and everything. So um, I, I just love I, I'm I'm a I'm a homer for Mandalore, period and everything. So anything that has to do with them, it's, it's all good. But just hearing her just talk about stuff that I was just hoping that she was just say Satine, you know, just mention, you know, her her sister and everything. And, you know, I was like, OK, check off Satine, check off Satine, maybe we get it. Uh, but nah, but um. But it yeah, still, I mean, she, it still could happen. I used to okay. yeah, so you know, so yep. it's it's there. Yeah, I mean, that was I think that that kind of you guys alluded to pays off, kind of the like you know, not really laziness, but I guess kind of like petulant nature she had on that planet, which we now find out was basically like an imperial planet right she was kind of not really exiled but yeah i mean it was like she's just kind of like the spoiled not really spoiled but you know petulant you know daughter of a of a prominent leader right and she she alludes to it you know the initial thing was like she thought din had showed up again and she was going to tell him hey look just leave me alone it was like i mean it's almost like a forced depression right you know the thought of people bringing back their home world because obviously she's seen it post you know, you know, genocide and, and, and what happened. So for her to walk out to there and say, like, look, I'm telling him one last time, just like, leave me alone. Like, there's no reason. Um, oh, I, I thought mean, she was going to kill him. It right, seemed yeah. like she was definitely going to kill him and take the dark. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, but that's what I thought, too. She, what is she going to go out and blast him? But then I thought, well, no, she she's she's in some sort of headspace herself right yeah right. it almost right. me felt like a depression right i mean yeah. yes yeah. and they because, don't have um, they don't have what's a com psych they don't have com psych in in the star wars universe they don't have people you can like video chat with to help you through these things you just have to like my life advisors from a certain company that we're all also fans of yeah yeah you 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 gotta you gotta work through stuff your yourself you gotta look at the you gotta look at the stories of your of your <coughs> your upbringing to to find guidance you gotta look at you know your peers you gotta look around you and sh- who did she have right a security droid yeah and i, I think oh, yeah. that was like yeah that was like her quick redemption when she dealt with grogu and even din right and she's yeah. explaining the planet to him it was almost like that weight off of her shoulders as she's able to speak with an actual Mandalorian. It's, you know, not really, cause it seems like the ones around her are almost like kind of like grunts, right? They're kind of like soldiers. So for Din to be in, from what we understand in the story, the only other pure Mandalorian, um, she's obviously Royal and he's obviously one of, they would call a cult, but you I mean really one of the last followers, true followers of that, um, 
you know, other sect of Mandalorian Creed, right? So for her to open up to him and, and discuss, you know, what happened. And I like the thoughts as far as, as you said, those creatures, right? They were kind of almost like scum. They were the outskirts of the city, right? They pushed them out. So when she was explaining to him, like, kind of how the planet was ran and how they were viewed and whatnot, that was like the payoff to me is how she was able to defeat them. Uh, how cunning she was as a warrior. And obviously when we say this, I mean, you got to think, bro, you know, she was friends with Jedi. She's been in major battles. It's not really like she has the force, but she's very in tune with, mm-hmm. you know, with action as far as then, you know, he's kind of still learning on the go. He's really a bounty hunter, right? He's not used to, to doing, you know, these kind of quests and so what, so, so to speak, as, as uh, Bo-Katan was. So I really thought this was like a huge push forward um very telling that she was able to openly wield the dark saber because we still we see Dan struggle with it so much as far as it rejecting him and you know that he not being able to wield it so i think there's a lot more foreshadowing that um obviously the payoff at the end was the legendary um, mandalorian beast and but myth I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. that we'll probably it will end up kneeling to her or him when they raise the dark saber. I think that'll be the payoff. It's one of them's going to raise it and it's going to like back off to show like because obviously it's it's you know so probably who, privy who do you to think, that. Who do you think deserves it? Who do you think deserves to have it's gonna, it? It's going to go to her. I think. I mean, I don't. I don't know, but I mean, it doesn't reject her yet. I think Din will get it back at some point, but. I think for this for the for the time being, she'll wield it. He's not in any. Oh, I mean, he's not in the, the headspace. The mythosaur. Oh. I think it's going to attack both of them. It's going to come flying out the water. I think that's where they kind of cut it right there. That suspense. Oh, I think it'll be Grogu that lifts up the dark saber and makes it go away because Grogu has shown a propensity and ability to do that with large beasts, right. and that mm. would be super neat if, like, all of a sudden, like the the choice your choices are like never wield the dark saber again. Because that baby will live ten times longer than the rest of your life, right. so it, goodbye inheritance. <laughs> so, so that's what will happen. So your options are live with that or kill it, and neither of those is a lot of fun. Neither of those are viable. A television show. Yeah, you can't really do either. Right. So that's why it would be an interesting conundrum. So I kind of hope that happens. That's actually a good shout. I'm gonna that be. Are- what a- I, I hope I don't do it again, and that we're like like when I said it should be like Boba Fett. On yeah, that was that was that was an epic fail, dude. Man, that was like, I you know, I, I this mythosaur. So tell me a little bit about this creature, okay? There was there's only one, right? There's only one. Yeah, so there's only one, and the guy that founded Mandalore supposedly killed it. Yeah, and we just saw it. Right, we just saw it alive. And, doing fine and it didn't it it didn't aggress it didn't i don't think it was responsible for din's extreme plummet to the bottom of the life water i but i do think that the life water itself has some sort of energy and i think that's what sucked him down you know, I mean, like, I think like, how, like the healing waters of Lake Minnetonka, something <laughs> like a giant back to tank with gravity. And it just it just took him and sucked him down. And I think we needed to see that because he maybe that was it. That's what the armorer was looking for to get back to the creed, to get back to Mandalore, to 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 be accepted back. He had to fail completely. 
and but did and he not, fail? He failed completely. He completely. He he was completely uh, uh, subservient to this, whatever it was. He gave in, and Bo-Katan basically saved his life. So I think that's gonna. It's like the uh, it's like the witch trials. If you if you drowned, you weren't a witch. If you were if you didn't drown, you're a witch. <laughs> so yeah. he's not a witch. I mean, we also have to keep in mind, though, that does the beast survive? Because we need a payoff, right? So the forger needs proof that he was in the mines. That beast was in the mines. Do they kill it? Do they cut a limb off? Do they remove a piece of meat? A horn? You know, do, yeah. Do they, does he bring a piece of the horn back? I mean, there has to be something because I don't think he's just going to get a water bottle and fill a water bottle up with spring water and, and hand it to the forger, right? Or, or have we seen the armorer and Bogaton talk? Have they been in the same room together? Do they know each other exists? Uh, I, I I don't think she. I don't think they would see eye to eye at all because the the armorer really is like the the last relic of the the Death Watch, and she would be somebody that would be a, a staunch anti Bogotan, right? That that wouldn't work and at all. That would so it wouldn't work if Bogotan brought Din back. No, I said, don't think hey, hey, he did this. He com- he completed this mission for you. You need to accept him back. I don't think all she you, would see her. Like all you need is wax paper and a crayon. Just take a <laughs> an etching of that thing, just like in uh, Last Crusade, man. Yeah. That's how I do it. But then again, I'm, I'm trying to think I what the next a- what the next episode is going to be because basically he did it. He bathed in the life water. Now his next his next step is to go back and get his get his mantle back. It seems like it's about time for that pirate dude with the chia pet face to show up and cause some sort of havoc. It's been another couple weeks, so probably it'll it'll be way fuller. You know, it'll look like a, a whole beard instead of just like something nice and trim. So you would like to see a crossover event between Bad Batch and Mandalorian? I would be I would be down for that, especially when you figure, you know, that Omega's probably still alive, probably. So she's kicking around somewhere. And if they're calling all the Mandalorians, maybe she shows up. Maybe she shows up. Yeah. I mean, as of right now, I'm pretty sure, and I was watching, I, I think we're out of trailer footage, right? So, you know, that was the baby shot shooting him out of the, the, you know, the tunnel. I mean, it's it's basically we're out of trailer footage. So right, moving forward, this is all all new content to us. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I, I as, as you as you alluded to, uh, there has to be a point to where they either turn on some sort of beacon or or something, you know, like they did at that that Jedi Rock, right, to kind of call Mandalorians back to Mandalore. There has to be something that's going to draw people back in to, you know, rebuild. Rebuild, yeah. I, I don't think the the planet's dead, so to speak. You know, I think there will be um, a start, a new beginning, so to speak. So I think that's that's key, but. You know, being what two episodes, two episodes in. I mean, wow. You know, who would have thought that something you know this this fast, this early? They they covered a lot of ground, and there's a huge a huge story that they can. I mean, and I'm just making stuff up. I'm just saying, I'm thinking like they could go, they could go anywhere with this. What would I like to see? I would like to see Bo-Katan package Din up, bring him back to the armor, and start the Mandalorian uprising from, from there because you've got, you've got a group of, of uh, Mandalorians that are pretty, pretty well trained. I mean, you've already got 
<laughs> yeah, sure. Sell Grogu to the armor. She'll make make him a him or her or I don't know what. Some sort of a uh, you know servant of some sort, but maybe build build the Mandalorian armor back from there because what did Bogatan said? She said her her army is melted away. They're now mercenaries across the galaxy, scattered like stars, scattered mm -hmm. like stars across the galaxy. But here around the armor, we have a collection of Mandalorians, and they are building their younglings. They're mm -hmm. building already. Isn't that where you want to start? Maybe Mandalorian is that Mandalore is is dead. Maybe that planet is dead. Maybe they need to start over somewhere else. Yeah, I mean that's an interesting point. Yeah, I think maybe we have a like we have a different idea of of what destroyed is for Mandalore, you know, and what dead is to Mandalore. Like to us, think about something like the uh, like Roman ruins, right? To us, right. it's like wow, remnant of something that was here a long time ago. But if you show them to a, like a, a contemporary Roman, they'd be like, oh, my God, what happened? How did this How all did this terrible happen? stuff happen? Right. It's yep. awful. It's terrible. All the people I know and love are dead. Like, you know what I mean? Terrible, terrible emotions that are tied to uh, the scourging of, of Mandalore. And it's something that, you know, Bo-Katan feels. And we see that she has a different outlook on all of this than than Din. Like she thinks that all the religious stuff is sort of hokey and stupid. And, you know, hearkening back to her viewpoint as an elite, as the princess, as somebody who, you know, was made to do all these things and kind of knows that, you know, when it comes down to a political power is political power. <laughs> it doesn't matter what what trappings you put around it. Uh, some of these stories are created just to preserve that. And that's how she feels about it. And it's very obvious in the way she addresses the healing waters of, of the, the mind she's very sarcastic about it, which which really tracks for me as somebody who, you know, knows a lot of people that grew up in that sort of magisterial religion and have kind of rejected it and now think that it's kind of hokey and dumb. Yeah, yeah she has her doubts. The, um, the armor has, you know, her way and everything, uh, you know, pun intended and everything. Um, maybe they might unite. Maybe this is the foreshadowing of, the you know, man, you know get, just get Mandalore back together. So by the time the the real stuff happens, when Throng comes, you know everybody could be just ready, you know, yeah. for the um for the for the big stuff. And and what is the creed like? What defines someone that's living by the creed? Like I said in my initial reaction, Din seems like the only one that's really trying to live by that well he, whether he lives by i mean it's, it's kind of like uh it's kind of like when we discussed it it's like a maybe an old testament versus a new testament right mm -hmm. so death death watch has this idea and when you mean creed you know it's basically the two main tribes of mandalore the problem is we're finding out is death watch was like the exiles that are basically alive kicking and rebuilding and, and they could the, take their helmets off were they the one they no that's bocatons so that's no, more the, the royal that's the royal kind of um okay you know, the, just like you know, how dp elitist. never takes off that hat right never because we don't know what's under that hat right. i mean there could be there could be a nightmare spider droid underneath. <laughs> <that>. <laughs> Leave the hat on. But yeah, I mean that's it, it makes it as you said very interesting because you know Bo-Katan's way of life is is, is and then and, and you know we see it in history all the time, right? So 
is this a point to where they they create a new a new way you know they talk about this is the way maybe this is the point where they create the way right mm-hmm. that maybe her and the forger does come to a, an impasse and agreement right. Right. because as you said she foreshadows it's crazy that for somebody who is against the death watch she understands her practices she says oh yeah. i've i've said these things i've been in the water well why would you be in the water um if you were you live by a different creed if you live by some royal oh. sect you know you yes so to some point maybe her parents and it's one of those things maybe they believed in it and something happened uh, death watch baby overthrew them we talk about you know and, and i don't know how deep they'll get into this with the mandalorian jedis if if we'll get deeper into it but um yeah there are a lot of ties into why the mandalorian split why there were different factions why there was a civil war so you know it's crazy that we have this much in information from like 34 episodes 34 minutes and like i said this is only episode two you know i, I didn't expect it to be like this deep Right. You know, because it was a good episode, but it was really deep as far as lure and and content. And it was only like 34 minutes. Mm-hmm. And it had Mandalore on it. Right. <laughs> I mean, like, and that's a big two deal. Other planets, two other planets that were part of the Their Mandalore system. Yeah. It was Empire. Yeah. Star yeah. That's that's really interesting that they have that we see that that there is they have their own system right in the, kind of in the galaxy that you know like Bo-Katan is on this planet that's I don't know you know living and she was in there moping about you know yes just nobody ch- living ch- yeah on that throne like like I'm, I'm, I'm home, this how I roll you know here's here's the sensation that but that's a sensation I can uh, I can definitely understand. Um, it, it's like a smart person nobody listens to. Like, imagine how terrible that would be to always know things in advance and tell people and warn them, like, don't do this, don't do that. And they never listen to you no matter what. They don't care. And they just do the stupid stuff you warn them not to do over and over. And she's just jaded by that because right. nobody wants to listen to her because of this stupid idea that is, is really a very powerful symbol for chauvinism for her. That if she doesn't have a magical laser sword to swing around at everybody, mm-hmm. right? She's not fit to rule. If she doesn't have something dangling from her belt, <coughs> specifically a lightsaber called the dark saber, <coughs> right? Was she was 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 she born with the dark with that? No, she was not. This is something she has to acquire, right? Mm-hmm. And without it she will never be acceptable as a leader. I think it's a very obvious metaphor. <laughs> I don't think it's, it's not, it's not, there's it, not very many layers deep, right? It's just right on the surface. And that's the difference between like the old, the old way and the new way. So the armor is the old way. Bo-Katan is sort of leading the Royal, uh, this sort of privilege, but the new way, like we, we have other options. There's other options in how we can run our lives, run our people, our rule our planet, you know, whatever. And what what was more popular? What did people take to? How, what what did the 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 citizens like think was the right right way to go? So I mean, imagine if, if like I, this is the way I I think about these sects. The way I think about you know. <laughs> For me in history, my signposts are like, you know, the Protestant Reformation and how you had 
sort of like a bulk of normal people that wanted a few things to change, but the bulk of, you know, the religious practice to stay the same. And then you had other people that wanted everything about the religious practice to be different and very strict. And if there's a rule, it's a rule. It's absolute. And and those people would have clashed very much with the people that just wanted a few things to be different. Well, what the empire did is, you know, maybe there was one or 2% of the people were the exiles, right? The really serious, serious, serious people like the, um, how the Seventh Day Adventists were very serious and were very serious about the projected return of Jesus, right? This very, very serious, and they were off Mandalore, and then the Empire nuked Mandalore, where most of the people were. So what they've done is they've distilled the religion of man of of Mandalore down into these fanatics because that's all that's left. Because they removed right. the, uh, you know, uh, the, the pure, corporate the pure. corporate part, right? Like, and and I and I mean that like if um this would be like if someone removed all the Roman Catholics, right? Like just to pick a, you know, a mainline sort of established <coughs> Christian sect that I'm familiar with <laughs> those guys. And if you remove them, left were Protestants. And then if you took all, you know, all the Protestants that for instance would um, drink alcohol, just like more, more, more secular. Right. And you took them out too and you left everybody else. And then you said, well, what's Christianity? And the, the view that you would get of it would be very different after those changes. Right. And I think it's interesting that that's what we're seeing. Uh, the death watch is there. Yeah. And guess what? They were right <laughs> because something terrible did happen in Mandalore, And it was probably because they weren't armed to the teeth and <laughs> ready to like it. They actually can point at the results and be like, Hey guys, get a load of this. What we kept saying was going to happen is what happened. That's wild. It's a convincing argument in my opinion. Yeah, anyway, I mean, sorry, guys. And, uh, no, it's it's perfect, and I, I mean that's a good segue into, you know, we'll get we'll we'll talk a little bit about you know a, a great what was a great episode as D, DP even said of, of Bad Batch, right? I mean, you know, we've been asking for him for weeks, right? You know, it's been weeks, 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 and um, wow, I mean, first off, his armor is like the best. Like, it, it looks yeah. so cool, you know, like his weapon, like his gun. I mean. He looks like like he would be like the legendary hero in a game. Like crosshair is like the bad. It makes Hunter look almost like soft, right? You know, he just is like he's that guy. You know, he really is. You know, his mannerisms, his his distinct voice, right? You know, as a clone. Um, I just, I, I mean, I enjoy the thing about this episode: stormtrooper armor, and they were hiding it from them, and right. and the idea that the uh, the Empire that he was pretty kind of devoted to and why he left the batch turned on him, turned on him. And so this is like, I was right. I feel like I'm right for one. You were right, Ken. I, I mean, feel like, I feel yeah, like this I, is crosshair coming back and I don't know when it might be episode. What are we on? Uh, 18. <laughs> No, yeah, 12, 13, it might be episode 15. They're going to get back together <laughs> because now he's completely disenfranchised. He's he's Ronin. He's not with any house. And, uh, I, I, you know, that whole ending scene where he's on the table and they're, they're rehabilitating him. Uh, they're going to give it one last shot and then he's out. Uh, you know, but... 
this this episode of Bad Batch was probably the my favorite. I mean, I did like The Mandalorian, but I think I could watch bad this episode of Bad Batch again and again and again. Yeah, the the episode was beautifully shot. I mean, animation was just like top notch. The darkness, the the winter, you know, the the breeziness and everything. They had a symbolism with like the vulture, ice vulture, or whatever. You know, going yeah, back yeah. and forth. I love that. Um, Crosshair. We've been waiting, and Ken was right. We've been waiting, and this episode crystallized as soon as he saw the fact that um the 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 stuff that they were guarding was their replacement armor, you know, the replacement stuff. Yeah. It just was like, I mean, it's almost like, 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 um, crosshair just never just got into his mind. Anything like this could happen. Like all the signs were there, you know, if you were looking for it, you know, right. but crosshair is a soldier, you know, he's a soldier and he does, you know, he does what he's mission. told everything, you know, he's mission. mission, mission. It just makes you realize you know, like, you know, our, 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 um, you know, our soldiers and everything who often fight and stuff. And, you know, um, they, they sacrifice for their country. They sacrifice, you know, um, they, they do a lot, you know, but some of these missions, <laughs> some of these missions, you know, may not be in their best interest and stuff, but they still fight because, you know, they believe it's in the best interest, you know, for their country and stuff. When in the meantime, this episode is, this episode is showing, like um the um the empire the um the emperor you know he already passed that bill and everything to wipe the 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 old you know clone troopers out so he could get his new stormtroopers in you know mm -hmm. and that's all and, and leaving the storm and then leaving the clone troopers to just you know put them on like death you know um death defying missions and yep. stuff you know until they die or you know something happens to them like it, it, it was it said so much at that end where you had the clone, you had the stormtroopers looking at the old storm uh, clone troopers, um, um, the commander and um, the commander of Crosshair. That was the old looking at the. I mean, that was the new looking at the old and how beat up and how you know um, raggedy they were. Um, and and we had that lieutenant saying that I don't like things broken or whatever. I don't like playing broken stuff or whatever. Right. So that was you know the old the the new looking at the old saying. We don't need you anymore, you know. Um, and Crosshair got tired of. I'm, I was so happy. I was just like, "Wow, okay, he's about to. Is he about to kill him?" Yes, he did. Crosshair. Oh. He finally shows some sort of empathy and you know some sort of emotion about his situation instead of non-caring and everything, you know. And I think his relationship with that commander was just was just. Mwah. It was solid, and I was so happy that he picked him up he picked him up out of the snow put his helmet on found his helmet i don't know if it was nearby or whether <laughs> he searched it out but he found his helmet and he in that conversation they had maybe 10 minutes before mm -hmm. about i'm not on you you know i'm I, I i'll be glad if i'm not on your uh <clears throat> your watch when i die right 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 you know he said and that echoed in his head, I think. Crosshair mm -hmm. heard that and said, mm -hmm. yeah, you know what? I'm not going to let this guy die because he saved my life. Mm -hmm. He put he put his life on the line for me, so now I'm going to return the favor, mm -hmm. and that's how these guys are. That's how these true heroes are. Mm -hmm. If you if you sacrifice for me, when it becomes my turn, I'm going to do you one solid. 
and he didn't come across like pretentious either. You know, he, yeah, yeah. He real relatable to like, you know, crosshair and everything, not trying to be, you know, judgmental or whatever. He was just reflecting on the fact that they're doing all this stuff for the empire and the empire doesn't seem like they're doing a whole lot for them. Right. You know, like like his relationship was with Hunter before mm -hmm. he left. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they had that bond, you know, they, they, they bickered a little bit, but in the end they understood each other. So yeah. I think in this guy, this, uh, command, I guess, uh, Mayday, yeah. which was a nice American graffiti, uh, reference, uh, or not uh, animal house. I'm sorry. Mayday was the guy that rode the mo motorcycle down the stairs. Hmm. If you guys saw animal house, I don't know. Uh, that was Daniel Simpson day D day. D-Day, Mayday. Point average 0.0. 0.0. .0. A great call name for this guy because you know, he was. He was like the the, the, the absolute end of Evett, and he was going to solve the problem. He was the only one left. His entire, you know, his entire platoon was, was killed. He was the last one left, and he held that all on his back. He right. had that, all that guilt. And here comes Crosshair, and he redeems him. Unfortunately, Mayday expires, but Crosshair brings all that energy with him to this new, you know, whatever's going to happen now. I mean, super great scene, <laughs> right? Like, what are we going to see next week? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, our Crosshair is in is in a bit of a bind. You know, we need our heroes to come and rescue him. You know. Yes. The batch is going to come and <laughs> get the band back together, huh, Ken? Man, and you know, I I think this is going to be a great. I mean, I know you guys think it's crazy, and and he doesn't deserve it, but and maybe the signs weren't there, but I feel that that this is what this story needs because it's been soft, and I get it. It's been a little soft when the when everyone wasn't together. The bad batch was a thing. Order ninety nine was a thing. Mm -hmm. These were the guys that survived, and I think they need to be—they need to be together, and they need to be causing some trouble for the empire. Well, it's—it's a—it's—it's—it's um, it's, it's something, and I don't know how much they're going to do with Crosshair, you know, with his thoughts on like the replacement and everything, and um, the empire changing from the clones to like the the um, the stormtroopers. But it's just something that when they do get back together and they see everything that's going on, I mean, not only are they surviving, they're, they're seeing every, all their brothers just, you know, just get just so disrespected, you know, just so disrespected by the empire. I mean, it's, it's, it, it, if, if it wasn't a fact that we know how this is like pretty much where we, this is just headed, this story here in itself, we would also sort of like want to root for the batch to, to overthrow the empire or something like that. That's not going to happen. Yeah. But, it's a small little story within like the larger Star Wars story that um, gives it, it gives like, you know, you, you're rooting for, you know, you're rooting for our guys, you know, and Crosshair. He's he's the boy. And, and what are they going to do? Go against the Imperial. What do they call it? the Imperial Investigation Bureau? H.R. What are they going to yeah. do? Well, there's <laughs> many parallels for these mutinies of, of veterans in the United States. There was one in the, in the 30s, a bonus army. Maybe you've heard of it. They uh, marched on Washington, D.C. to get early payments of their enlistment bonuses from World War One, And they were mercilessly oppressed by, uh, among others, Douglas MacArthur, who sort of led the, the breaking up of that strike. So, you know, if you push these guys 
they're eventually will break. And yep. when they break, it's going to be Bad. you know them versus the stormtroopers. And Lord knows why this armor is so secret. It seems like a, like they're losing lives and lives over stormtrooper armor. Stormtrooper armor. Right, they right. put millions and millions and millions of people in these things, and they're like three to a crate, and you can't lose a single crate. Why not just move it off planet and just stick it somewhere out in space where nobody right. is? Like the outpost. Yeah, like that same very outpost, <laughs> like where you already have. Like, where why it's, would you? It's, it's Christmas all year round. Like, do you guys like? I'm, I mean, Orbital Mechanics says that the amount of fuel that they would waste taking something like a, a provision and moving it into a gravity well to bring it out of a gravity well is so like it's astronomical. It would make it. It makes it like prohibitively expensive. So it doesn't make a lot of sense logistically either. You're talking crazy, uh, Steel City. That, that's crazy talk. I keep forgetting you have your own Star Wars theory of gravity and time. Yeah, it doesn't exist. It's just, you know, whatever you want to happen will happen. And it, it moves without expending energy. And there's no time. And weeks are not weeks. They're actually maybe minutes. It just doesn't matter. I mean, you can't argue with that logic. No. And the, the, the one Better thing... Not- the um that that lieutenant that that um commander said to the lieutenant was that um have you ever been into like a battle how many battles have you led and everything it was so uh, it, it was just it was i mean the lieutenant was just laying it on super thick throughout the whole episode yep. i mean it just made you just want to hate him and everything but you know it they they have cowards leading that never went into battle commanding and um you know just forcing their will on these 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 um these soldiers and stuff and you know they're not commanding any type of respect and everything so so to know where he it was going to end up with him you know at the end there yeah that uh, lieutenant nolan was a total waste and that's what the empire that's why it failed because it had it had power it had money but it didn't have skill if they at the at the at its ranks it didn't have anyone that could really you know command you know in a way they were led they weren't led by like bona fide soldiers i mean except for like darth vader tarkin tarkin you know the um, emperor well emperor's an asshole so um very but a very competent very competent asshole. <laughs> the, emperor, the emperor is a reason for this whole story oh, he's, yeah. like, he's like why we're here dude hey yeah, he's he's I guess he's doing his thing there, Ken. He's doing is, that, thing. is the emperor known as Chekhov's asshole? Oh. <laughs> Chekhov's asshole. He's gonna show up sometime. He's he gonna make a big enough ruckus. He already has. Yeah, yeah, but they're led by like cowards and stuff, partly to a degree. Peacetime soldiers, man. Exactly. Anytime, anytime stuff actually pops off, you know the people. There's a lot of people that are are in positions of authority that end up getting replaced pretty quick just because they don't have, it's like a different skill set and it's hard. It's and you know, in everybody's defense, it's hard to know until it pops off. If you have what it takes to deal with it, from what I hear, this is not me saying this, by the way, <laughs> yeah, I definitely am not on that I mean, list. To be so very I, clear, I'm not claiming to be, uh, it's, it's like a human, you know, yeah, just, just a human instinct interaction or whatever, you know, that's, yeah. it's, but they call this type of person, uh, it's a term, uh, a martinet, uh, someone that demands all these, you know, strict, strict things and perfection. It has like, you know, a really inflated ego. 
and wants you to do everything a certain way. And those those particular types of officers have this weird thing that keeps happening to them where they get shot in the back mm. by their troops. And if you're in combat and combat's a pretty dangerous place, guys. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know if you know that it's dangerous out there in combat. And if you start doing a bunch of crazy dumb dumb crap that's gonna get your men killed, a lot of times they're they're bad not things happen you. to you. They're not gonna cover for you. Well, yeah. not just that, but they'll just take care of you to make sure to, to get the replacement that uh knows what they're doing you know so and again there's there's not a new thing not something that's you know but, unique but, to any specific conflict but the cowards are easy to command they're easy to you know direct because they're willing to they're they're i, I guess it's it's like the little person's theory or whatever small you know small dick energy as they call it or whatever you know um <laughs> feel, I will, what we won't say we won't call that a checkoff <laughs> <laughs> casuals need to step it up um <laughs> You 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 have these 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 these. Um, these so wait 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 wait. You're saying like the guy just standing there watching, he's a casualty, but you he and his whole family was killed from a from like shrapnel from an explosion, and he was supposed to step up. What chance did he have? <laughs> hey, um, say that to everybody. Say, really? DP, say that to everybody on Sokovia. Oh yeah, wait, hey, well, I mean. To sacrifices in, in in times of war and everything. They right. like our omelets, boys, right. don't we? We don't want to break any eggs. Like Sokovia was an egg. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, you you got them being led by like you know cowards and stuff, and you know eventually the soldiers they catch on to that and everything, you know. And at some point, um, what do they do? They start questioning stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, Almost as if if you created an army and selected. For advancement based purely on loyalty and your ability to obey you would end up with a bunch of people in positions of power that would use their authority very capriciously and mm -hmm. stupidly mm -hmm. and it would really impact the efficiency of your armed forces maybe making mm -hmm. it believable that a group of ragtag uh, teddy bears uh, mm -hmm. could defeat your finest legions in combat and or right well i mean all, all, but all roads lead to to one person, which changes the battle, right? Which will be Thrawn, and that's what yeah. makes him so unique, right? And the Chiss, because they have this battle meditation, this almost force-like ability to be able to to foresee things and to be able to be ultra intelligent, ultra advanced. Um, it, both of these shows lead to him being such a strong character and and very vital for the Emperor, right? Um, so yeah. I. I and, and that's what I think they should get rid of the post-prequel and do Last Command, right? Because that's Thrawn's story, isn't it? I mean, they don't have to get rid of it. We, like I said, it's okay. Well, don't get rid Okay, don't get rid of it. Everyone loves, it? everyone loves Kylo Ren. He's so cool. I, I believe if we go back in history, your ratings were a lot higher than the rest of ours. <sighs> I believe Ooh, so that is correct. Is I know that's correct. Finally turning to the dark side, ladies and gentlemen. We had it on film. Is this Ken's first time? Because that's the first chink in the armor, Ken. I've heard of you say anything bad about Star Wars. Is this where we're headed with you? I just think that if you if we're going to talk about Thrawn, it's here comes the right. Answer. We got to we got to do the answer. last command. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Put. Put closed captioning on. Hey, Grandma, put closed captioning on so I understand what's going on with this Star Wars story. <laughs> yeah. 
If you're going to talk Thrawn, no, you, you have to you have to start with last year. <laughs> Don't I mean? Give 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 me a Thrawn origin story or whatever, and then have all our heroes you know go up against yeah. them. I mean, don't do like a um like a Infinity War Endgame type of thing or whatever. Just uh, give me strictly Thrawn, <clears throat> Thrawn movie something. That actual story would be really interesting to see. Yeah. It would mm-hmm. be a really great, you know, a really great. So I bet that would be a great episode of Mandalorian or whatever. I, I, I I'm think just we're excited. There. I th- we saw the whales. The whales. Yeah. I mean, well, you showed me a whale. That's that's Chekhov's whale right there. Like you show me that whale. I want to see that whale go off and shoot up Thrawn and, and uh, Ezra. Well, and yeah, I mean that's where I, I think that's I think that's where this leads. And you, when you see the Ahsoka series, it may not be an Infinity War that's a movie, but we've seen you know Disney's latest thing is a special presentation. So why not the final? boss you know the thrawn fight be a star wars special presentation and we bring these worlds together and collide right i mean what better way to do it i mean yeah we want to see it on on the main on the main screen but this is disney i mean this is disney plus's baby i don't think they would take the story on the larger screen because this is what's driving the story they're going to do a special presentation maybe a two hour it'll be basically be a movie right it'll be exclusively for disney plus but i think that will be like the as we say you know the kind of the crossover event ahsoka mandalorian boba you know bad bats leads culminates all roads culminate to a big battle against thrawn so yeah i think you guys all have valid points we're talking Post Return of the Jedi. Right? Oh, this, it will be, yeah, because that's where the timeline will head to. Okay. Um, so I'm but, not saying get rid of that, you know, Force Awakens completely, but fill in the gap a little bit better. You know, connect connect the two trilogies a little bit. And I think if they did something with with Thrawn, I think they could maybe re because I love that you you sent you sent us the script like a year ago. Oh yeah, what the the redo was. Oh yeah, it, it made more sense. Yeah, that's what it was supposed to be. But yeah, they fired him, and um, well, they yeah, but they fired him. But I mean, the story itself made more sense if they filled but, in this gap a little bit. Right, but I, I, as we say, I, I think Disney follows suit, and as far as especially with Marvel and, <laughs> and even with these series, is it, it's it's leading for a time heist. I think we won't see a redo or time reboot. Heist. It'll it'll just be the world between worlds, right? And some event will affect the future and maybe the past, um, and I think that's how we'll get not really a reboot, but something different, right? Because they can so go they in a portal anyway, one way or the yeah. other. Right, they'll go in a different portal. They'll change an event, and I think that will lead to a new future, which will be very cool. And as we've seen with, you know, as DP says, with Endgame and, and a lot of these different time heists, I think that uh, I think Disney's perfected it. I mean, we'll see what DC does in the summer with their time heists and how they handle rebooting things through time. But uh, with these movies, these series, and that really the hot topic of of really this kind of nerd realm. Of, of doing time heist and rebooting thing through time. I think as we've seen with star Wars, they have the best grasp of taking a concept like this and making, uh, you know, a, a great output at the end of it. So yeah, I'm excited. Business wise, it makes the most sense because you don't have right. to be hold into like a particular story over time. Right. You know? um, and um, you can just tell different, you know, different ter- type of stories in universes or time right. periods or whatever. And we're getting enough now that there's plenty, plenty to go around. Mm-hmm. So you know, if they want to spend some time in, you know, the uh, you know, 
first couple centuries of the Jedi actually emerging as a galactic force. Great. You want to do the high Republic. Great. You know, you want to show me if you want to show me, you know, this alternate universe where the sequels didn't happen. Great. If you want to show me what happens in the sequels universe after the sequels happen. Great. There's a lot of things you can do. I think what's important is just to remember that, you know, time is really just space so if you're just right. going to you know you can just say we're doing it different this time and it's completely valid and totally fine and i it, think and everyone it, seems fine and time doesn't matter like minutes seconds years centuries it doesn't matter it's all happening at the same time you know there are some some pretty uh pretty advanced scientific theories that ask the, the question is the past real is the future real is the present real and there's really no evidence that the future or the past are real. It, I mean, are we in a simulation? You are now. The Matrix asked that question. I mean, that's another good question. They've been exploring that because they haven't been able to find the lower limit of where, like, um, like they haven't found like the refresh rate anywhere. <laughs> they, well, they can't find it, it anywhere. You know what? I read I read a, a document that was on like uh, one of these uh, scientific scientific magazines where. They found a a molecule, and not even a molecule, like an atom, like the smallest, the smallest thing that we have, and they were able to take it and move it back and forth through time, and it, it did not change. And we're talking like the smallest little thing, but they are able to manipulate it to the point where they can move it forward or back or bring it current, and it did not change. Something like that. I don't understand, but. This, this is real. This is happening now. So we have, we have taken far too few physics classes to have this discussion on this Star Wars show. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying some of the things we're talking about in Star Wars could actually be happening now. And, you know, what well, technically speaking, if it, in a galaxy far, far away, which, as we know, due to relativity means the information is reaching us now. Yes. So the present is also the now. past but a, in a galaxy far far away the past was the present yeah and what does that mean it's just it's just Ultimately not where nothing. we are now it's on a different <laughs> timeline anyway no. sorry guys We're, i'm sorry sorry we did we did grab some listenership no it's happening the viewers have all left everybody's gone everybody's everybody's <laughs> wrap it up everybody's checked out so yeah we'll definitely we'll make we'll make a soft wrap up but um yeah guys i guess I guess we wrap up and lead into uh, next week. And uh, one of the fi final, you know, because we have three, 13, 14, so what, four more of, of the combos. So, you know, we'll, we'll go into this back half of Bad Batch, which, as we see, it's it's picked up and, and it's caught legs. Mm -hmm. So hopefully they keep the momentum for these last uh, last couple episodes. And obviously, you know, A Mandalorian is one of those shows that need no introduction. So until next week, guys, this is the way. This is the way. way.